0: So we have a special treat today that every time there's a fifth Sunday, we normally have three individual speakers that come up and they just bring the word each time. And it's just so cool to see what Holy Spirit does through each of these amazing speakers. And so uh, first and foremost, it's my honor and privilege to bring to you our first speaker. And we want to honor him. So when he comes up, every time a speaker comes up, I just ask that you would just clap for him, cheer for him, because I'm sure they're a little nervous. But they're just going to come up here and bring the word right and we're just going to be excited as we honor every single one of these these leaders these men that are going to come up here and bring the word so first i'd like to introduce this man that is a man's man when you shake his hand it hurts (laughs) because he loves and honors and he really dives in deep when you have a conversation with this man of god he looks you in the eye and he treats you like he is speaking directly to you. And I am so excited to the word that he's gonna bring this morning. So would you help me welcome to the stage, the one, the only, Jackson Allen, as he brings the word.
1: Wow, thank you. How are you guys doing this morning? Um, I'm really thankful this weather's finally turning cold because now I can break out all my flannel and it makes my wife really happy. <laughs> so those of you that wore flannel today, you're double blessed. I'm giving you that blessing today. <laughs> I asked for a video to play before I speak. I don't know if the video is going to work, so if it's going to work, I'd like to start with that video real quick. That's me walking up here. Uh, No, but seriously, so a couple weeks ago, it's kind of funny how the Lord speaks to me. He kind of gives me, he gives me, I don't want to say a riddle, but he gives me words and then he, he requires me to dig into his word to understand it, which is, you know, God's way of getting me to read the Bible more, which I really need and appreciate. So, I want to talk to you today and I want to start with the story of Noah. You guys all know this story, you guys probably heard it all from when your time you were my kid's age at two. Um, so we all, we all know the story of Noah. God, God gave Noah this heads up. I kind of think Noah was, it's kind of like cheating, you know, because God told Noah that the flood was coming. So Noah knew what was coming, and so God told, told him to be prepared. And so Noah began to prepare, and he started to build the ark. And again, we all know the story. The flood was coming, Noah's building the ark. And in Genesis 6.22, it says that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. But I have to think that that would be really easy if God spoke to me and he laid out the roadmap of what I'm supposed to do, that it's so easy to follow the direct order if, if I know what's coming, right? If we all know that something bad is coming, we're going to be prepared. But what do we do when we don't know things that are going to, what things are going to happen? You know, we don't know when the bad stuff is coming. And so I want to read to you in Hebrews 11.7, and I'm reading from the Passion this morning. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence. Uh-oh, now I've got to get my phone. All right, I'll go with my phone anyway, I can probably read it better. So let me start over so now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen sorry i'm reading the wrong verse it's not the right one sorry it's eleven seven. sorry so Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had, not, had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God, and he built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. So the word reverent, when I looked it up, means to show respect. I find it interesting that it's 11.11 11 right now. It's another story. Um, so like that video showed, Noah had to step out. Noah, Noah's faith required him to work. And if we'll turn also to Hebrews 11.1, 1, that was the next one I wanted to read. It talks about the fact that foundations are built. Sorry. So now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I don't know about you guys, but it's hard for me sometimes to have faith in something that I can't see. You know, we we all believe in God, but when I can't see him, when I can't touch him, when I can't hold him, I struggle with that. So Noah was given the warning about the flood, and so he trusted God through faith, and he took action. So I believe that our faith in God requires action. The thing we don't think about when we're we're reading the story of Noah is about all the, I would say, and I would expect, all the criticism that he got from his peers and from his family. The thing that Noah was doing must have looked foolish. Here he is building this gigantic boat in the middle of nothing, anticipating the rain, anticipating the flood. And I have to believe by all the blood, sweat, and tears that with every board and every nail, everything that Noah constructed, that what Noah was doing was building his faith. And that's what God wanted him to do. He wanted wanted Noah to take action. That's what God's calling all of us to do today, is take action. So through Noah's faith, trust, and through building a, a relationship with the Lord, he constructed the ark. If you'll turn with me to the, to the story of Matthew, and that's 14. I want to start in 25 through 33. Shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them. This is where Jesus is coming out and he's walking on water. That takes faith, right? Not from Jesus, of course, but if you, if you think about the concept. says so we continue to read. Hopefully it's there for me. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, so don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now how many of you know that that takes faith? To ask yourself to step out of the boat and to seek the Lord. So here's the twist, here's the word that the Lord gave to me, that started this message for me is that the Lord clearly spoke to me and he said, Jackson, I'm the boat. And I, I was confused by this and I said, Lord, I, I, need, I don't understand. I need you to tell me more about this. God wanted me to see that Noah and, and Peter in this case, when he goes on to step out of the boat, that Jesus is the boat. Jesus is the thing he's saying that we need to step out of the boat. We need to step out of what is our comfort zone in order to receive truly what God has for us. Uh, Second Corinthians 4.18, if you would, please. So both Noah and, in this case, the storm the disciples were in in the middle of the lake with the boat You guys, we all have storms, right? None of us can control the storms. We all have storms in our lives. But what God's telling me is, again, that he's the boat. He is the thing that if we will seek him in in all ways that we can, he's the one to comfort us during the storm. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. We all want to be standing next to Jesus. We all want to see his face. I sure do. But to do that, you've got to step out in faith. You've got to trust him when people are saying you can't do something, when people are throwing their negativity at you, when, when people say you can't, you can, because you have, you have Christ in you. 2 Corinthians 5, seven. for we live by faith, not by sight. Again, our faith is what, is what keeps us strong. Our faith in Jesus is what's gonna pull you out of that negative thought. It's what's gonna pull you through that bad day. We have to have faith in Jesus. I think about having faith when my son is sick, when he's diagnosed with kidney stones at a young age, and the doctors wanna do surgery on him, I gotta have faith. My faith was in Jesus is gonna heal him, and he did. Amen. My son didn't need surgery, my son was healed. So again, my word is simple, that Jesus is the boat. I'm asking today if you're, there's someone here today, and I just sensed it, that maybe you feel like you're drowning. Maybe today you feel like you're barely treading above water, and that your nose is barely sticking out. You're really struggling. I ask you today to really seek him, to really step out. That's going to require some work. It might require you to change your habits. Maybe God's calling you to, maybe it's to rekindle a relationship with your spouse or a loved one. God's calling you out. And like the video, you know it's scary. You need to step out in faith. That's what I got. Thank you.
0: How many of you were encouraged by that word this morning? That we want to live by faith. And Jackson, I'm telling you, is, he is a mighty man of God. Um, I even got to tell you just a personal testimony of mine. He graduated. He's a graduate of our, of our Bible school here. And um, I was wrestling with something throughout the day as we were finishing up, doing up like diff- different tasks. And it was just kind of like, you know, sometimes you just began to question like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing where? And then I had to come in here and be like a leader and actually like prophesy and help pray with our students. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I'm in the right mind space, and Jackson and Laura were actually the first people off to the side, and they're sitting in front of us, and then all of a sudden, we're all waiting to just kind of get started, and is like, Pastor Tim, I actually have a word for you, and then he's like, you're called to do this, and he starts like reading my mail and like all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be prophesying over you and praying for you, and you're doing it over me? Like, yes, Lord, and I tell you, it's just so awesome to see, Jackson, thank you so much for that word this morning as we continue to walk in that. This next amazing man of God that we're going to bring to you, um, he is awesome, funny, amazing, powerful, tall. (laughs) We love it every time that he speaks because he speaks from his heart. He makes us laugh, but most of all, he always brings the word, and he's always thinking of what is God saying next and what's God doing and I just love, I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. So would you help me honor and welcome, as we bring to the stage, Paul Redmond to bring us the next word.
2: <laughs>
3: I'll take that. Uh, God gave me a, a gift during worship. Does he ever do that to you guys where he just gives you a little something? It was um, the word hand. was in one of the worship songs, and, and uh, my, my mind just went to. I was holding my dad's hand. Uh, my dad passed away last year, and I described holding his hand as the most familiar place in the world, and I didn't know how it was so familiar. I was trying to think of the last time I held my dad's hand. And during worship, God, God reminded me. <laughs> the last time I held my dad's hand was the first time we prayed together, about six or seven years ago. So I tell you that not to, uh, not to make you cry when Pastor Tim implied I would make you laugh, <laughs> but because I hesitated for a moment to share this joke that I thought of in the shower this morning. <laughs> And my dad would like this joke, and so I'm going for it. What did the hippie say to the Pharisee who caught the woman in adultery? Stoner, dude. (laughs) I know. I know. That was like iffy. I don't know. It was like like right there. (laughs) (laughs) That was for you, Dad. (laughs) My message is actually about having our hearts in the right place. And during worship, the Lord put my heart in the right place. Here I am thinking, do I tell that joke? Do I understand? Okay, and then I'm going to go to this verse. (laughs) The Lord just put my heart in the right place. I'm like, oh, thank you. That'll make things easier. Um, But I do actually want to start in... um, I put John 8, 7. If we could go to actually John 8, 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and they had her uh, in her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act... Now, Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? Now, let's, let's pause right there because, you know, we read that, um, you know, we know that, and that's, we hear that a lot, but I want to actually go to Leviticus 20.10. The Pharisees say that the law says the woman should be stoned. Let's see what Leviticus says. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. I just wanted to reference that because people quote the Bible all the time. And they're like, oh, the Bible, it's, you know, it's always saying this about so and so, and it's so unfair, and it's so inconsistent. Um, I think it would be safe to summarize uh, What's being said here is, uh, can we go to Romans six twenty three, please? Ooh, New Testament. What's up? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is it is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not that I want to focus on death, but can we can we just focus on for the wages of sin is death So it's good that it's consistent it's good that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever so that's good i think normally when i think of that i think yeah jesus christ is you know pretty similar back then as he is today as he'll be tomorrow but it's important to remember that he's the same his consistency is from beginning all the way to the end now, some of this we have to submit to the fact that it's a little beyond what we can fully understand. But I want to go to uh, John 8, 7, where Jesus says, He who smelt it dealt it. <laughs> Is that what it says there? Oh, oh. um. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I thought about that this morning. Essentially, what's going on here? Now, this is my, my thought, and it could be spot on, which I think it is, or it could be way out there, but this is essentially what King David did. He has an affair, and he thinks, oh, boy, I need to kill that guy so nobody knows that this is my child. What do you think is really going on here? Oh, no. I really done it this time. I better rat this lady out, put her to death, and I'm off clean squeaky. I don't know. Maybe there's something there, maybe not. But I think the bigger point here, because they say, well, the law of Moses says we should stone her. What do you say? Jesus says, essentially... Why do you want this woman to die? Why are you saying to yourself, "Woohoo, hoo killer? You know, the law of Moses for a period was unfulfilled. And Jesus has come to fulfill that law. But it's all the same thing, and it's always spoke to the same point. Love thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You love someone, you're not going to kill them. If you love people, you're not going to steal from them. If you love them, you're not even really going to be that much of a jerk. Where was I going with this? I was trying to explain the law to my kids. This is about a year and a half ago at Chick-fil-A. Eli and Alice might remember this. Eli asked about handicapped parking. He's like, well, what's that all about? I'm like, oh, we can't park there. He's like, well, why not? It looks like that'd be a good spot. We could park right next to I'm like, yeah, I know. You can't park there. There's a law. He's like, oh, so you'll get in trouble if you do. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but the law is there for a reason because it provides access you know, to, to people who need it. So it's actually a blessing. And it's just a reminder for us that were not to park there. He says, oh. So like if you, oh, and I explained that you have to have the little uh, tag in your window. That was the whole thing of it. He's like, so what if you like break your leg but you don't have time to get the tag and you need a chicken sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, the kid's related to me. Well, in that case, it would depend on whether or not the parking ticket police officer knows Jesus. thought <laughs> well, that was kind of a decent illustration of the law, though. It's there, it's perfect, it's rational, it makes sense, and it is absolutely made to be broken in some situations. And so can we go to Matthew 7, 23, please? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So if somebody's there and they're citing the law saying, hey, let's kill this lady. Kill her good. That's what the law says. <laughs> okay. Where is your heart if that's how you feel about the situation? And that's what the Lord was always saying trying to explain to His people through having the law. They all pointed towards this burning, pure love for Him and for one another. Um, This is a little out there, but I got just a few minutes, so I'm going to go for it. Um, uh, I uh, I think we all need to get to the point in our Christian walk where we understand that the power in the name of Jesus, is a lot like a chainsaw. Hear me out. It cuts down evil wherever it goes, and it can be used for His glory or for our own. The other point in this this verse that we just read, how, how does somebody cast out demons? How do they heal the sick in Jesus name and not know the Lord? That's always been a huge question for me. I think we need to realize that it's a it's a law that God has set up that is objective it can be used in vain it can be used appropriately when Jesus says, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He's not saying that healing people in His name in that circumstance was lawless. He's drawing the focus back to the fact that people have hate in their heart, and they're doing things to serve themselves instead of serving Him. And I want to go to Luke ten seventeen. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name, to us in your name. Hint, jump forward to Luke ten twenty for sake of time. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hmm. We can do things for the wrong reason. Oh, I got so much good stuff here. Um, okay, Home Alone. I think we need to, to realize there are lessons from the movie Home Alone where Macaulay Culkin drops a brick off like the fifth story and hits the bad guy in the face. Stay with me. What the young boy knew in this situation was that he could count on the law of gravity as a verifiable way of fighting evil because of the law of gravity. He knew he could count on it. So you say, well, how on earth does a non-believer learn to do something like that? Well, I know know so many people who love the Lord who don't even know that you can heal the sick, who don't even believe that that whole thing is legit. So how could a non-believer do it? And I say, well, that's easy. Think about the chainsaw. This is how it works. Chop. You see that done enough times, you're going to be like, wow, whatever that thing is, you just got to yank the thingy, push the button. This is sweet. People think you're a hero. You can do it for your own glory. And we need to keep our hearts in check because of that very reason. Um, I want to end on this. So... I have a friend, Gary. He lived next to this guy for 25 years in the North End. And the guy's a total non-believer. They had this kind of a mutual neighborly respect thing going for each other. And he finds out that this guy has stage four pancreatic cancer. And Gary says, I don't know the guy's name, whatever his name was. He says, say this every day. By Jesus Christ stripes, I am healed. He said, say it, brother, just say it. By Christ's stripes, I am healed. And he sold the guy on it. The guy had six months to live. He sees him about eight or nine months later and he's like, Well, how is it? What's going on? He's like, What do you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, how are you doing? He's like, no. No, the, no, the, the cancer thing, the cancer thing. Oh yeah, that. The the, the mantra, that mantra you gave me, totally worked. I said it for an hour a day. I looked in the mirror, by Christ's stripes, I am healed. By Christ's stripes, I am healed. (laughs) Don't get excited. (laughs) Gary says to him, Praise Jesus. He's like, You got to come to church, tell your testimony. He's like, this is amazing, oh my goodness. And the guy's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm still not into all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I kid you not. The Lord reminded me of that story with this verse to help understand our hearts need to be in the right place. And it's more important now than ever because as the kingdom of heaven continues to invade earth and we begin to see more miracles, more signs, more wonders... It will be undeniable. The name of Jesus will be undeniable to all believers and non. And so we need to make sure that we are uh, not jumping on a bandwagon with our chainsaw, in my case, an electric chainsaw that goes... (laughs) Or a real chainsaw, you want to make sure... That we're not seeing it and saying, Wow, it actually can happen. Well, I'm gonna do that now. Everything we need do that that we do through Christ who gives us strength needs to be done unto him in love and with a constant reminder that the glory of all the glorious things he does through us, the glory go to him. That's all I got.
0: Amen. Isn't, isn't, man, it was so good. Thank you, Paul, so much for sharing that word. I know all of us now are going to go out and buy a chainsaw. So (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) But we're just going to borrow Paul's. And so this next speaker we're going to bring up, I mean, again, Paul, I just like, wow. Okay, that our hearts are set on the, on seeing the face of God and seeing his will be done in our lives. Amen. This coming week, it's going to be just amazing. I can't wait. So I just can't wait to bring up this next speaker. We know him. We love him. Um, he sings for us. He raps for us. He dances for us. Well, no, have you ever danced for us? Well, he prophetic dances. If not, we're, gonna, we're just going to call it out for BSSM. Um, but we just know that him and his wife walk, in. and speaking of like a, a right heart posture, I'm telling you, Kiki and Allie walk in this right heart posture. Um, when they came, they came with me last week as we, uh, for our youth group, we went out to the corn maze. And Kiki and Allie came out, and it's just like, their heart is to see this next generation saved and set free, and not just this generation, but every generation, above them, below them, and even coming. And it's just so amazing what they do. They they make you laugh. um, They make you cry. They bring the word. And they just have such an amazing heartbeat to see God's kingdom come. So would you help me welcome to the stage Kiki Romero as he brings our final word tonight, today. Not tonight. This morning. So do you want to dance for
2: us first? Or how does this... No? Yeah. But... (laughs) I don't know how to dance, y'all. Real quick. um, You know how hard it is to go after these two guys? It's not fair, right? Uh, So... When, when Pastor Leonard called me the other day and, and he had talked to me, he told me about doing this and at first, like, when he was saying it instantly, I was like, I got nervous and I'm like, two things. One, because this, you guys make me nervous a little bit. <laughs> two, I don't take giving the word of God, I don't, I don't take that lightly. I, uh, and so when he told me, I was like, well, this is serious, because, you know, anytime God gets to use one of us, how many know it's serious? Yeah. I, I love, you know, I, I, I love the Lord, and, 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 and I always want to do it to the correct uh, standard of God. I'm about king to business, amen? Yeah. So, with that, I was going to start off with a joke, too. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> My name's Kiki. I'm an apostolic. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh-huh. So when he was telling me, I was like, man, okay. And instantly, I got into to prayer, and, and I was like, Lord, I want you to guide me, direct my words. And it's funny because I, myself, wanted to please God. I started writing some, and I started getting in my word, and I was doing this and that. And I started putting this word together. And then, like, I'm coming home from work after, like, two days after. it's a couple of days ago. And, and God reminded me of a story of when I was a kid. That meant nothing, right? It was like something I just kind of crumbled up through in the trash can. And I was like, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to tell me about that? Like, why? And it was highlighted over and over and over. So finally I was like, okay, Lord, what is it? And I go on my break. I go back. I, the next day I go to work and I go on my break and I open up my word and I start reading. And, and I don't know about you guys, but the way I read my Bible is if I'm in James... And something reminds me of something, you know, Matthew, I'll jump back. I'll be like, oh, okay. And, and God will start directing me. Boom, 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 boom. Well, he went, he took me back to the Old Testament. And I was like, I started reading in Samuel. And he highlighted this verse. I'm going to read out the New King James Version. First Samuel 16. Hold on one second, sorry. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just come to you right now, Lord. And I just ask that, that any word that is spoken right now, Lord, that it's all of you, God, that you remove me. Lord, I ask that. I just want to be a vessel, Lord, and I ask that that the words that are spoken right now, Lord, that that is for the one, Lord, that wh- whoever it needs to be, just needs to hear these words, Lord. I, I just ask that you bless them, God. In your mighty name, I say, Amen. amen. All right, so 1 Samuel 16, 6 7. Uh, it says, So it was when they came that, that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Come on. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. Yeah. So, so with that, I was like, OK, Lord, what are you trying to tell me now? Like, what, what is this? And he started to break down David for me. And David, we know he's a man after God's own heart. To me, he's one of the Bible's first, like, real heroes. Like, come on, he took out, he went at Goliath. And he was like, he wanted that. He was like, I'll do it. Come on, right? Like, so he was the youngest of eight brothers. He was a shepherd. And that's where God stopped me. He was just a shepherd. That's all he was, right? But God looked at his heart. God didn't look at his outward appearance. You know, one thing I love is when I my wife sees me do this all the time, like I'll walk up to the most random people and I sometimes I just want to pray for them. And I'll stop them. Hey, can I pray for you? And my outward appearance, they're like, they're like, <laughs> women will like pull their purse in tight. <laughs> Men will grab their wife, pull them in, tuck them in, right? And it's the outward appearance that they look at. So I'm like, I'm like, Lord, what, what, what are you trying to show me? And he broke down something so amazing that the revelation he gave me, my heart just instantly was just, I can't even explain it. It was just Holy Spirit filled and God was showing me something. And so now I'm going to share this with y'all. So so David was just a shepherd. That's all he was. If you fast forward a couple of verses, um, God anointed him and called him. So it wasn't actually until God actually anointed him, right? He was anointed with oil where he was able to step in to his calling, right? And now he's, he's, he's going to be king and all this. And that's when he got his identity. That's when he became from just a Shepherd because according to the world, y'all, I was supposed to be just a drug addict, just a gang member. My son was supposed to be raised by himself. My wife was supposed to, just move on. According to the world. But through Christ, come on, through Christ who strengthens me, I have an identity. See, God didn't look at my tattoos and say, Kiki's he's not, he's not eligible for this. He's not up to the call. He looked at my heart. He looks at our hearts, right? See, it wasn't until God covered him where his gifts came to play. And David ended up being, like I said, he was a, he's, he's a powerhouse. Come on, like. With the sling, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, how do, how do you even say more than that? Uh, when Samuel, when the Lord told Samuel to arise and anoint him, he did. And the Bible says that from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David and God's anointing was powerful over him. Yeah. You guys ever heard that? Then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, the spirit of the Lord came on him. Uh, my sister, she used to sing that song a long time, and she's here today, so I got to see that. Uh, uh, he was quick to kill Goliath, but he had to wait patiently for God to deal with Saul. And it took years for the fulfillment of his promise to be king. This is where I get into it, y'all. Uh-huh. Actually, I'm going I'm to jump off of that real fast. Maybe that's you. Maybe God, you just got anointed and God's called you and, and, and you're like, Lord, I'm ready to jump in. But it took years for his fulfillment to come in. And you're like, Lord, I'm ready to go. Come on, Lord. Put me in, coach, right? You're just eager. And God's like, hold up, son. Hold up, daughter. It's okay. Um. Some of us are the opposite of that. You know, some of us are like, I don't know what I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I have no identity. I don't, I'm just here because I want to love the Lord and I don't want to mess up, right? There's different places where we could all be. Well, David, actually, I want to read something too. I got, see, I got a bunch of stuff going on, y'all. Um. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Come on. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another their interpretation of tongues, all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Right? In VSSM, we're activated. That's one thing that, that I love about VSSM, is you get activated into gifts and calling. You, you figure out who you are. And, and through that, me and my wife, there were scenes that I thought I was. I was like, this I stand in this. I know that God called me to do this. Mid-year of VSSM, I was like, okay, never mind, Lord. That's not it. But these seven things over here that I was like, no, nope, I can never do that. God put that, gave that over me and my wife and so many other people that were in VSSM with us. You figure out your identity, but it does not come without him. You see, we we tend to sometimes see somebody else's calling and say, man, that's what I want to do. Man, oh, look at that pastor. I want to be a pastor. Oh, they they got called to Hawaii to preach? I want to. God, I'm I'm ready. Send me to Hawaii. I want to go, right? But never once do we say, God, is that what you have for me? Lord, am I supposed to be a pastor? Lord, am I an evangelist? Lord, am I a worship singer? Lord, am I supposed to just smile and greet people at the door and hug and love on them? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Or do you just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. Come on. And you get dressed and you forget to put God on. Right? Um, Praise the Lord. Come on, hallelujah. I'm going to jump into this story that got highlighted to me. Um, my sister's here. She could back this up. So when I was young... My favorite person in the world was my grandma. That was, I was a grandma's boy more than you guys could even imagine. Like, like That's where I wanted to be. I was, she was my favorite, and it was known that I was her favorite. All the grandkids knew it. They would get mad at me. They didn't like me, but I didn't care. I was like, Grandma, let's go. Come on. We don't need these people. <laughs> and I just loved going to her house, and, and I would like... A lot of the things that I know, even about just the Bible, it, was, it came from my grandma originally. You know, my grandma was the one who, she played piano in the church, and so I would just love being around my grandma. Well, there was one thing that I did not like doing with my grandma, is there was a time she lived in this area called Paradise Hills in San Diego, and she didn't have a washroom, so she had to go to the laundromat. So since she had to go, I had to go with her, and I couldn't stand it, it was scary, it was like, it was like, if you think of... An ugly laundry room, that's what it is. Whatever you're thinking right now, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and and I remember I would get there, and I would kind of pout, like, oh, Grandma, I don't want to go here. Let me just stay home and watch TV or something. She's like, no, nope, come on. So we would go, and she would give me a quarter every single time we got there. She's like, okay, here's a quarter. And there would be, so there's a laundry mat, and then at the end, there's this hallway, which was even scarier, and there's two bathrooms, and then at the end... There's a soda machine, a pop machine. And I would take my quarter and I would run up to this thing and I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get my little soda, and I would put my quarter in and I would select root beer and I would get a Diet Coke. (laughs) And I'd be like, and I would I would get so frustrated and I'd be like, Are you serious? And so I would go back and I would I would kind of pout. I would pout to my grandma. I'm like, Grandma, do you want a Diet Coke? Because I don't want this. And she's like, no, that's what you got, you know? I'm like, but that's not what I selected. I didn't want a Diet Coke, right? And so, and this would happen every time. I would go, I'd put the quarter in the machine, I would select something, and I would get something other than what I wanted. Sometimes I didn't get nothing. They just took my quarter. But it was never what I wanted, right? Even though I thought I had the the power to select that. And when God was highlighting me that, this to me, I was like, Lord, why why did I even remember this? And he was like, son, sometimes, a lot of times, people come to me and they select what they want. They come to me and they select. They say, son, they say, they say, father, Lord, just bless me with this gift. Give me this. Give me that, Lord. I want to I want to travel to Africa today, Lord, and, and I know you're gonna make the way. And God's like, My son, my daughter, I, I, I need you in Caldwell right now. I need you in Napa right now. This is where I need you. And then when they don't get what they selected, they go and pout. And they're like, Lord, why don't you hear me? I'm faithful, Lord. I get my tithes, I go to church every Sunday, I do this, I do that on my Bible studies. Why didn't you hear me? And God's like, that's not what I selected for you. That's not what I gave to you, son. That's not what I gave to you, daughter. It instantly, like, it, like, broke me because at first I was laughing, like, why is God highlighting this? And then I'm in my truck, and I start crying. I'm like, Lord, like, forgive me, God, for every time I did that to you, Lord. For every time I wake up and I forget to, to put on Jesus. For every time I get up and, and I get in my, my word and then I pray and then I take off. It's almost like, like you know when, when somebody comes up to you and then you know they want something? They're like, hey, bro, oh my goodness, you get new shoes? You just get a haircut? I'm like, bro, I'm bald. And they start gassing you up. They're like, oh, man. Hey, man, uh, you know, I got to get to work all this week. Can I borrow 20 bucks? And then you're like... Okay, yeah, for sure, man. I'll give you to him. And then they're like, okay, bye. you are like, wait, what happened to the conversation we were having? What about what I want to talk about, right? And God highlighted that to me. He said, son, that's what you guys do to me. You guys do that all the time. You guys select this and that. You guys want to do this and that. But yet, when I speak to you, you don't listen to my voice. How important is it for us to listen to his voice? So God God sent me here today to shine light on those things. Church, we're we're supposed to come to God. That's why I love Pastor Rich. When when you're like, put on some soaking music when we get to, to class. Because that's our opportunity to soak with God. When you're really in his presence, you're not. When I pray, sometimes I like to get loud. I like to jump. I like, if anybody's been in VSSN with me, I find a corner. And like, I just like to hog up the whole corner while i'm while i'm praying i love that but the most important part of prayer is when you just tone it down and you let Him speak to you that's when your gifts will be activated that's when your calling will be activated you'll start standing and walking in authority that you never even knew you had because you listen to the voice of god amen And if he tells you no, y'all better not pout. (laughs) Uh, So I just really want to encourage you guys today. So um, I I talked about this um, last year. I got to actually bring this up in conversation, but how important it is to listen to the voice of God. Have you guys ever been to a church event and the sisters are cooking and cleaning and they're, they're just going, right? Have you ever tried to get in their way? <laughs> they're on it. Because they know they got to get something ready. But, but then you come in here and you see those same sisters praying and giving it to God at the altar and loving Jesus, right? And it brought me to the story of Martha and Mary. And this, this, you'll see where I'm going. There. There's so much power in that because Mary listened to the voice of God. And she boldly sat at the feet of Jesus because she was breaking like you know, customs. Like, She was like, nope, I'm going to sit with Jesus. And imagine Martha was like, sis, you better get up, right? Girl, we got spaghetti cooking in the back. I need you to hurry up. Let's go. But she boldly sat at the feet of Jesus. She said, nope, this is what I'm going to do. Because she listened to the voice of God. God said, I want you to spend time with my son. And don't, that's not an excuse to to say well God wants me to just spend time with the feet of Jesus and all the brothers are rolling up the chairs and stuff for an event no that's not what I'm saying because listen to this the same voice that told Mary to sit at the feet of Jesus is the same the same God that told Noah to get up and work and build an ark come on the same voice of God y'all close with this y'all um whew, praise the lord james 1 7 through 18 and actually the prayer team could actually if you guys could come up here uh, james 1 17 through 18 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the father of light with whom there is no variation of shadows of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that, that we might be a kind of first fruit come on, of his creatures. Come on, y'all. So, Dad, I just want to ask y'all, if I know we all get to spend time with God, and we get to pray and, and get in our word and just come to him. But I ask today, the things that you're coming to God about, are you asking him or are you telling him? And if you're telling him, today's the day that we correct our heart posture. Today's the day that we get to, man, align ourselves with God. Because there's so much people I actually got to tell. Me and Jerry talked about this a couple weeks ago. And I was like, man, there's so many just gifted and talented people in our church but listen I'll give every talent I have away for the anointing this anointing that I want that's what I'm after with that I just want to tell you guys I love you guys and uh, man just thank you for this opportunity man God is good yeah we just stand to your feet
0: Isn't it just amazing? You guys didn't talk, right? I mean, you guys get together, had breakfast, went over each other's notes, said, Jackson, you say this, Paul, you say this, Kiki, you do this. No, they, they, I mean, from even just the meeting that we had before service, you guys mentioned that you haven't talked to each other. And I've been a part of those where we've we've done the three and where we didn't talk to each other. We didn't, we tried like super hard to not even text each other throughout the week to make sure like we were completely um, away from each other and yet Different parts of the body, but the same spirit. D- different, different voices, but yet the same Lord. And, and it was just so amazing if you take all the sermons that were, that were preached this morning, all three of them, and just see as Holy Spirit was just setting the stage for everything. For you and I to be able to have this amazing opportunity to be able to just come into his presence. And so before we end here, I ask that, yeah, that you guys all stand. Thank you so much. And then we're going we're to end. Kiki's going to pray for us. Um, and then we're just going to ask, you can, you can totally come down to the front. Our prayer team would love to get the chance to pray with you. Or if you just want to come to the front, and just pray by yourself. Um, that, that's more than welcome too. And, and if you, you got to go, cause... You got, you got things to do. It's going to be 12 o'clock here. You got kids to get to from Sunday school. I mean, we just, we just know that God is such a powerful and amazing God, and he's doing something great this morning. So if you do stay in here, uh, we ask that conversations be kept to a bare minimum um, so we can be able to continue to minister. We ask that the doors stay closed um, just so people can be able to continue to soak in his presence. And again, if you got to go, you're more than welcome to go. But before we close or before we do it, we just I just ask that Kiki that you would pray for us. So would you close your eyes, put your hands out as Kiki prays for us before we go.
2: Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for just, just for your grace, Lord, and, and your mercy and just loving us, Lord, when, when we really didn't deserve it. Lord, I thank you for this day that we get to stand and we get to proclaim your name, Lord, like Peter did, God. Lord, I ask for protection, Lord, over every person in this room, Lord, Lord, that as they go through their week, Lord, that, that they keep you at the center, Lord, and, and when they come to you, Lord, it's the things That they're asking you what to do, Lord, not telling you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. I pray blessings over their children, Lord, over their households, Lord, over every room, Lord. Make their bedroom, Lord, your altar, God. Lord, I thank you for every person in here, Lord. And in your mighty name I say, amen.